The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is sponsored by Agape Match. Agape Match is a boutique matchmaking service that caters to exceptional singles. To learn more about how I can help you, go to agapematch.com. Welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. For over a decade, I have combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, each week I bring a guest on to talk about dating and relationships while answering your questions. I record these questions on Zoom, and you can join us on our next live recording. Go to askmymatchmaker.com to register. You can also ask a question real time during a recording or send your pre recorded audio questions to ask a matchmaker podcast at gmail.com. In this week's episode, I'm speaking to public speaking coach Jamila Gamble, better known as Jam, and she'll be joining us as I answer your dating and relationship questions. Jam is an award winning media personality, sought out keynote speaker, and CEO behind the Slay the Mic program that helps aspiring speakers, content creators, and entrepreneurs transform their voice into their ultimate superpower. Through corporate training, Slay the Mic masterclass events, virtual learning, private coaching, and now through her recently launched course, Thinkific, she has helped over 700 voices learn how to slay the mic, or rather, hashtag slay the mic. Yeah. Jam, welcome to Ask a Matchmaker. Thank you for having me. Tell me about yourself. I'm a talker. I talk a lot. Fortunately, I'm a married talker, so I don't really need to be matched up with anybody right now. But I am a talker who's been talking for as long as I could imagine or remember. And now I get paid to talk. Do you consider yourself an extrovert? I am 80% extrovert, but I do have very introverted tendencies. Like what? So I hate networking events with a burning passion in my heart. Hate them can't stand them quite frankly. And so when I go to networking events, I'm often like to the side, just kind of watching things. And nine times out of 10, like I'm either texting my husband or calling him. I'm like, I'm out. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> and then I go home. <laughs> like I don't like intentional small chit chat. When you know what you're trying to do at the end of the day, it's get someone's business card in your, in, in your hand or they add you on LinkedIn afterwards. It's just creepy. I don't know. I don't like it. You mentioned that you're married. Did yes. you meet your husband through talking? I met him actually online. Tell me everything. <laughs> I, de- I decided to go online because where I was working and everything I was involved in was predominantly women. Um, and then, you know, I, from what I've gathered from some, some men, certain type of men, that I could come across a little bit intimidating. And that's probably because I'm 5'11", and you can't tell me otherwise. Well, I will tell you otherwise. So I'm 5'11", as well. Yes. And I fundamentally believe that a woman cannot be intimidating. Only men or certain people are intimidated. Exactly. I just want to support you here. Thank you very much. Exactly. And so... I decided to go online and the way I treated it. And now like looking back, I was treating it like online shopping, you know, like add things to your cart, <laughs> some things you purchase, some things you return, some things you took out of the cart. 
And back then I was limited on the dating apps I could go on. So there was no Tinder, there was no Bumble. I was on Plenty of Fish, um, met a few interesting characters. My, Wait, what year are we talking about? 2013. And you're in Canada. Yeah, yeah. So 2013, okay. come across this guy. And um, I remember he like, his, his messages were really like interesting. I was like, who the hell does this guy think he is? Like he's bashing my music choices. He tried to be a little quirky and funny. And was, I was he like, nagging oh. you online? A little bit because I said how much I love Coldplay and he was like, I don't know about that. I'm like, okay, shots fired. We can't, we, we're clearly not compatible. Like the minute you come at me with Coldplay, it's a wrap, we're done. Um, and I looked at his photos and I was like, yeah, like he's okay. Like, all right, cool. Like maybe we'll go out for dinner. That's it. And now we're married. <laughs> Do you remember what his profile said that you liked him? Oh, I don't know what I like, to be honest. I, what I did like is that he didn't come across dickish right? Like he was trying to be funny. I appreciated that. And we messaged on the app a little bit. And then I, I totally ignored him. Like I was like, I'll get back in touch with you. I'm busy. And I didn't. So it was kind of like my way of putting him to the side. And then he messaged me back and he was like, well, I guess you forgot about me or you found somebody else. And, you know, understandably so like, look at you. I'm like, yeah, duh. Like, mm. and then, and then he was like, you know, I was really excited to hear from you. I was pretty much a teenage girl outside a hotel waiting for Justin Bieber some crap like that. And I was like, what kind of crap is this? Like, what kind of line is this? I don't know what this guy's talking about. This is stupid. And I was like, okay, relax. I'm busy. I'm a professional. I don't have time to sit on this app all day. And I was like, all right, let's email each other. And over the course of a weekend, I think we had maybe like 80 to hundred emails, just like back and forth, back and forth. Cause we weren't texting, we were emailing, right? I was, I was playing a different, I met other people who I gave my phone number to with this guy's like, no, we're going to stick to email. And so everything I had done before I did the opposite with him. And so we emailed for a weekend. And then I think we started to text and then we progressed into Skype. And even then, when we were on Skype, we were only typing on Skype. Because I was living at home at the time. I didn't need my whole family here in my whole convo. My mm-hmm. I had, like, headphones, but whatever. And we talked for, like, three weeks. We didn't meet each other for three weeks. And he was the first guy who didn't ask for nudes, didn't ask any, like, sexual questions, um, was very patient in when I was ready to meet him and all that jazz. And I remember when we finally did meet three weeks later, when we were approaching each other, he had this goofy smile and I was like, ew, he's in love. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> Jam, can I just say something? You dated as if you were in lockdown when you yeah, were in lockdown. Talking to someone for essentially a month before yeah. meeting them, that is a yeah. lockdown relationship. And yeah. you know what? I love it. I can't wait to tell my members about this because I can, now I can, here's an example. I mean, I have examples. I have clients who have already entered relationships during this COVID-19 pandemic nonsense yeah. <laughs> fiasco. You know, the United States is a very different approach than your oh, yeah. homeland of Canada. We're not talking about what y'all are doing out there. <laughs> we're the, we're the meth lot basement. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> but I, I love that. I love that you got, that you and your spouse got to know each other before meeting honestly it was so different because I remember like we would just talk and it was like even how he oh I'm a talker as you could tell and I decided to be different with him and Mm -hmm. not message him and share all this Mm -hmm. and he was very open and pouring and sending these long paragraphs I was like my god what is this man doing sending paragraph messages like that's my style so I felt like I was the dude and he was the over ambitious, like, 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 love me woman. 
Well, he oh, was emotionally funny. available and ready for a relationship. That's and what I all men like, do when I mean, they're ready. Yeah, I was like, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, you're okay. Like, I'll talk to you when I want to talk to you. Like, I was playing hard to get, I guess. And I didn't see it really becoming anything. But we were just having these really organic conversations. Like, we jump on Skype. He asked me how my day was. We were talking about work. I was, I was showing up on Skype with face masks and my head wrapped. Like, it was very just when, um It's funny. Like, it reminds me of when I met my husband. I met my husband on a Friday, kissed on a Saturday, <laughs> went on an epic second date, which we did the, the Freedom Trail in Boston. So we basically walked for 14 miles. Okay, wow. Um, and you can really get to know someone walking oh, side by side. So again, I also date as if I'm on lockdown. Like I did a socially, <laughs> it was like dating in COVID without the masks. There you go. But you know, you can really get to know someone if you walk for five hours with them. And then he went to Greece for three weeks. Like he was Christmas break. He just like left. But in those three weeks, I got to know him. We were also on Skype um, just every single day for at least two hours lots of emails, lots of photos. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, in that period, by the time he came back and then by the time he came down to New York, cause he was at Boston at the time, I was in love. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, it was a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's, let's get this going. And um, when did you and your partner uh, get married? I'd say like a year and a half later, maybe a year and a bit. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was, it was quick. He knew what he wanted. I never saw myself really getting married to be honest. If I could go back in time, I think I would have wanted us to date a little bit longer but you can't control these things, right? Like sometimes it just happens the way it was meant to happen. And we're still surviving during COVID six years later. I love that. You have the hashtag slay the mic program. Tell me more about that. Slay the mic started in 2017. It happened because I accidentally got, and it was accidental. I got into event hosting, was trying to build my name in the community. And every time I got off stage, people were like, how do you do that? How do you get off? Like, how do you go on stage and just, be you, be funny, wing it, whatever. And I was like, I don't know, like I, this is just me. And for me, this is what I've always done. This is how I've always been. I wasn't Mm -hmm. channeling something else when I got on stage. I was just being jammed. But when I really thought about it, I realized that what came natural to me was really difficult for other people. Sure. And so one morning over coffee, and my husband, side note, is very, very arrogant, according to my mother. He's very arrogant. And it's been very beneficial in my business because it's actually made me a little bit of a, like a shark, as my mom would say as well. You know, when you date someone who's arrogant, you kind of learn how to be defensive in a good way. Yes. Like you have to make your case. Right, right. But most importantly, just like, just do it. Like I remember when he had to propose to me, he basically told his boss, I need a raise because I need to propose. I need to buy a ring. And I was like, if he could be gutsy like that, like I could be gutsy in, in my business too. Right. So I remember one morning we were having our espresso in bed and I was like, you know, people always ask me about like how I do what I do on stage. Like, why don't I like start a program or an event where I teach people how to do this? And he's like, babe, you could do anything. I was like, yeah, you're right. And then I just, I just decided like. I love that he's your big, I love that the story starts off with, you know, your biggest cheerleader. He, do you think yeah. your husband is your biggest cheerleader? Oh, he's my barber, photographer, videographer, clothes ironer, coffee maker, soundboard techie he'll buy me flowers on special occasions but if i say i need light panels because i want to get into youtubing and i want my office to be bright say no more he has that eastern european mindset that it I'm sounds not like paid. we're married to the same person yeah he's like i'm not gonna pay people to do what i can do as a bulgarian man yeah. so he'll buy all the things so he's fantastic that. in that sense so then i started the program in 2017 um started off doing group training it's evolved tremendously since then 
Um, and fast forward four and a half years later, it's helped over 700 people turn their wow. into their ultimate superpower. And this all started on an impulsive vibe. Like I noticed that you also help like schools. Yes. Yeah, I do. So I'm actually, my, my, my background's actually in education. Do you have a degree? So I'm in behavioral studies. So I work with children with autism and other wow. mental health needs. Yeah. So that's what my background is, was first and foremost before I got into this. And I started Slay Them My Junior because I was that kid who talked a lot. I was that kid who got into a lot of trouble for, for talking out loud. And oh, I yeah. just didn't see my voice as a gift. And so, yeah, I have branched out into other areas because I, I do need to make it very clear that my program is not just for public speakers. It's for anybody who's at a point in their life where they're like, you know what? I really want to feel in control of my voice. I want my thoughts to come out clearly. I want to go and speak on a stage. I want to speak at work. I want to speak better and more effectively in my relationship because your Ooh, voice goes that. everywhere with you. So it's not just becoming a better public speaker. I love that. Are there qualities that could make someone more likable in the art of conversation? Oh, for sure. Like when we think about tone, right? Fast talkers, loud talkers are deemed as the most confident and most socially attractive speakers, right? Because they come in like, hey, this is this, this is that, this is this. And you're like, yes, tell me, tell me, feed me more, feed me. Like, but if you were to slow them down and really like just read their words, you're like, I'm sorry, did that make sense sometimes? You know, it's so funny you say that. I also feel like not just tone, but even accent. Sometimes I know this one person who gives advice and um, they are British. And it sounds better with a British accent. Yeah. But if you were to read their advice without the accent, they're not really giving advice. They're just engaging in observational humor. And yet they are considered a source of, you know, whatever. And I'm like, but they're not saying anything it's just right. an accent yeah, that makes them knows. so likable but it's interesting though because i work with clients who don't have british accents they have indian accents they have sure. european accents they, they they speak they have a french accent and they feel that they are not qualified as confident speakers because their accent gets in the way of their message and people have made them feel less than because they have an accent but for some reason Anything that comes out in British, someone could call you a jackass with a British accent. And you're like, thank you. Thank you. Wow. That was so nice of you. I even know women who have specifically sought out men because of the British accent. And I'm just like, I don't know, like, like you, I'm also married to someone from Europe, like Mm -hmm. who grew up there. So my husband has a Greek accent. Mm -hmm. So when he talks like this, he has a very thick accent, you know, whatever. Very thick. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of my parents. My parents have the same accent. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm dating you in spite of this. I really don't care about it. But it's so I interesting that the British accent is my, like. My Siri is an Australian male. I'm not even going to lie. Wait, we can switch Siri? Yes, you can. And mine is an Australian male. So I believe that there are three components to a great first date. Expectation, location, and conversation. Okay. Let me speak about the first two. I'm going to hand it over to you for the third, okay? So expectation on a first date. A lot of this is photography. So Jam, like you said, you know, you met, you met someone online, you met in person. The expectation is that you're going to look like the photos you have shown. And if you want to talk about how to make the date really go sour is to not look like your photos. Even if you look better, <laughs> the question is, why do you have such poor photos? Yeah, it's 2020. So I, 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 I just don't understand it when people show me blurry photos. I'm like, what are you doing? There is literally a tool with more yeah. megapixels than literally. a digital camera that I bought when I graduated high school. Literally. 
right? The second is location. Look, location can be amendable here, right? Um, like I said, my husband and I, our second date was uh, essentially a five-hour walk in, in Boston. For other people, it could be you know, at a restaurant, at a bar. Where was your first, second date or first date? Our first date was at a mall and we went to keep it casual. So we went shopping and got ice cream. And when we went shopping, he was like, he wants to impress me. And he's like, can I buy your stuff? And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not that type of girl. And he literally, when I got ready to pay, he threw my, like he slapped my, my debit card out of my hand. So I couldn't pay. And then he went and paid. And then I marched him to this men's store. And I was like, pick out a shirt and a tie right now. So that we're even. I was about to argue with you that that was such a bad idea for him to pay. But the fact that you may pay, you did it back. Okay. Now you guys are even. So good job, Jam. Thank you very much. Um, so in terms of location, another, like another thing to make a great first date is like where you're sitting. Uh-huh. I don't believe first dates should be across from each other. Either you're going to sit perpendicularly, sit side by side. I know we're in COVID. So dating is very different outdoors. <laughs> Walking side by side is the same. Uh-huh. Like this is going to be my location, like the micro of location, the macro of location, it's all together. So you have expectations, locations, and the third component, which is one of the most important components is conversation. Conversation. Like, and that I think is a big challenge for people because when you think about online dating in particular, right? Right. You're, you're, you're texting. It's an opportunity for you to be very brief or you could be very thorough, especially if you're an email or if you're just like, you know, iMessenger or whatever like that. But now you got to take that conversation and you got to bring it in person there's no more briefness. There's no more straight to the point. It's actually like listening to somebody and engaging them and nodding and smiling and adding those elements that lets the person know that what you're saying to them is being received or the thing that you is being received. So Mm -hmm. conversation I found, and I love that you brought up expectation and location because I think without knowing, we didn't know these types of tips when my husband and I met each other. We took, I took those two things into account. I thought if we're in a mall, we're walking, we're moving, it's not so sit across from one another, question, answer, question, answer. It's like, it's like ping pong, you know, while we're walking, we're able to move our body. We're able to just like kind of keep it light and casual. And it actually made the conversation flow because we were in that motion versus sit, say, expect, you know, say something that's going to be flattering and you had to think more about it. Um, so with the, with the conversation, it's keeping it light. This is not CNN. This is not like a job interview. It's keeping it light, keeping it re- engaging. And most importantly, it, it's encouraging the person to share and, and go a little bit deeper than what's on the surface. So someone's asking, what is the reason to sit side by side as opposed to across from one another? That is a great question. When you sit across from each other on a physical date, and a lot of this is pre-COVID, kind of resembles a job interview. It's That's exactly what, what Jam said. It's a ping pong scenario. Question, answer, answer, question, question, answer. Like, and then you got to catch it. You got to catch it right. in case it goes so and, far. And think about, again, this is now pre-COVID. Not, don't take account work from home, but we will get back to one day dating a little bit differently than what we're dating now. Think about what people do before they go on the date. They're at work. And then from work, they meet you at the restaurant or at the wine bar. And sometimes people are still in work mode. It's right. why, you know, I'm not trying to be crass, but I, if you're going to sit across from each other, I hope you masturbated before that date I just am, to I'm, wash I'm the right. work persona off of you. Wow. Never heard that before. I'm, I am deceased right now. I'm, 
I'm telling you, don't sit across. Just don't do it. It just, it just creates this interview way of looking at things. Yeah. And then you have to maintain that eye contact, which for some people is really hard to maintain on the first date, especially if you haven't established that comfort level with them. So thinking right. back for myself, every good date that I've been on required some type of movement. So I love bowling on a first date because we're moving, we're doing something mm-hmm. action focused, and it's not just this whole sit and answer. See, and bowling again, is tough. I, so I wouldn't really? recommend bowling on a first date. It, it takes a certain personality. It would take a personality like yours for bowling to work on a first date. Um, but you want to know something really groundbreaking? My husband was the only guy I didn't go bowling with on the first date, and now we're married. Well, but it's because go. I'm competitive. It's not that groundbreaking. It's because I'm I could have predicted that. I'm competitive. I'm competitive. Right. I don't, so there are certain activities that should not happen on a first date and that's bowling, hiking. What? So I anything. Did both. I've done both. Oh, did you marry these guys that you went on first dates with? No, but we, we dated for a little while. Well, okay. I feel like anything that's going to make you competitive or sweat on a first date is you just sweat not across the table. I'm not saying you can, I'm just... <laughs> To be honest, look, the best first thing you can go on is walking. I'm just trying to defend bowling. I'm just trying to defend bowling, okay? I'm just, I'm just hurt. That... Are bowling alleys even open now? Not now, but they will be. <laughs> right. And listen, I think bowling is great second date activity. I think it's a fantastic second date okay, activity. Okay, second date. Send for. I think hiking is a fantastic second, second date activity. I think showing your competitive nature on a second date is a great idea. But the okay. purpose of a first date is to go on a second date. And it's not to show your competitive nature. It's not to show how great of a mother you're going to be. It's not to show what what kind of cook you are. It's not to show, you know, like this is not what a first date is. A first date is just have fun, get to know each other, make it light, second date. That's it. Okay. No did. Well, you're not dating. So what are you noting? (laughs) I'm just noting it in case I get divorced. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Okay. So tell me like, when we talk about conversations, that's the third component of a great date. How does body language come into, I mean, I feel like body language is- Body language is- The thing. It's the thing. And again, going back to what you were saying about sitting across from each other, which is something I've never considered. You know, if you're too relaxed, like if you're sitting too slouched in your chair, someone could read that as, as you're not really invested, you're too casual. And again, we, we feel that we have to show up, posture straight, shoulders up, eye contact maintained. And that's just exhausting. You know, one of the things that I struggled with when I was single, when is sitting across from men is sometimes I would be scared of the eye contact. Like you're, you're sitting across from a stranger and it's hard to have eye contact the whole time. Hard. It's extremely hard. And I remember I just, I would keep looking away. Like as I'm talking, like I would, you know, my eyes would go this way and this way. And I don't want them to think I'm not into them. And this is why I always loved, you know, going to wine bars and just like, let's sit by the bar or let's sit perpendicular to each other. Sure. Because this way, if I look on the side, because I'm blushing, that's when you look away is when you're blushing, when you're right. vibing. It, it seemed natural because I'm sitting next to you. I'm not, I'm, you're not, I'm not missing your eye contact. I'm just looking to the other part of the bar. Exactly. Exactly. You know? So body language does communicate a lot. And unfortunately, body language says more than you might be saying, you know? So if you're really into this person, 
you might be very shy, very nervous. Um, maybe you, you meet this person for the first time in, in person and you're like, oh my God, like I'm a little bit taken back by the person who I'm meeting and your body language might be saying, whoa, A, control my hormones, like this person is hotty patati, or B, uh, I don't know how I feel about this person. So body language, it, it, your, your, your messaging and what you're saying has to connect with your body language. And how much do you recommend mirroring? I don't recommend it at all. Oh, really? No, I don't recommend it at all. To be honest, like, well, hold on. Let me just define mirroring. Mirroring is when you subtly copy the behaviors of the person you're with. No, I don't. I, I'm sorry. What is this? Like, what, what, what are we back in? Like ancient dating years? Like, no, sorry. I mean, what about leaning? Sure. You could lean. How about we just move the way our body is moving? Because right. if you're really engaged in this person, if I, if I readjust in my chair like I'm doing right now, I'm excited by this conversation. Okay, I'm getting into it. But if I see you do this and all of a sudden I'm like, yeah. yeah. If you put your I'm hand. I'm touching my hair. If I put my hand <laughs> in my hair and I touch my hair because you touched your hair, what in the creepazoid is happening here? My background is I'm trained in reading body language. I read uh -huh. a lot. So if I see you're mirroring me, I'm going to be turned off. Stop this nonsense. Stop right. it. Go do what your body feels compelled to do. Just don't touch and grope the person. How do you feel about fronting? So fronting is when you face your entire body from head to toe toward your date. I'm so, who comes up with this stuff? What fronting? I actually I could tell you, um, it's from the behavioral science Institute in the Netherlands. Research has shown that we subconsciously point our toes in the direction we want to go. So if How your date stays engaged and pointed toward you, it's a great sign. Okay, but if I'm sitting at a table, how do you see my feet? What is this? I guess this is where leaning comes to place, like where the shoulders are then. That's weird. That's, 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 that's putting too much pre-thinking on people. When people follow mm -hmm. these kind of tips, how do you go into a date being yourself? When you're like, okay, front, toes, shoulders, eyes, <laughs> okay, check, mirror, okay. And then the last thing you consider is what you're actually going to say. What, right. you have to, what you have to say is far more important than what your body language is going to be. Because I can think back on all my first dates. I can't think about what that person's body language was. I can remember what their eye contact was. Were they smiling at me? Were they nodding as I was talking to them? Were they laughing? And one person in particular, I can remember how he was holding his fork and I was disgusted. The date to me was like done at that point, how he was holding his fork. He held his fork like a caveman. I was done. But I don't know what his toes were doing. People sometimes come to me and say, what questions should I be asking on the first date? And I've always said, come at this from an organic approach. Like yeah. ask about what you're doing this weekend. I hate it when people ask about their online dating experience. Like, oh, how's OkCupid treating you? Like, get out, stop it. <laughs> yeah, because um, there's a good way of trying to figure out how many people you have on the market, you know? like Yeah, I feel like the conversations have now shifted fundamentally. Now, I think people are on the phone more or they're Zoom dating before, before yes. they even meet in person. So the yeah. talking is definitely there more. I'm noticing that like the questions have shifted so much more about talking that I'm getting like, what kind of conversations can I have on a Zoom date to secure a physical date? How do I get him to stop pen paling me on online so we can finally get offline? And I think it's dependent on the type of person. I think how you connected in the first place says a lot about what your conversations are going to be in the future. So when I met my husband, for example, we talked a lot about us, who we are, what makes us us right? Even what brought us online was a conversation. He's like, so what brought you online? And I was like, to be honest, like, I'm really busy. I don't have time to go out and meet people and make 
angle and all that jazz. And it was just something convenient for me. And he's like, yeah, me too. It was something I was doing to pass the time at work. And then we got into this whole history. So where are you from? Oh, my family's from here. Oh my gosh, have you been there before? And it just led into traveling. Like we came up with almost categories that reflected our life. So where have you been? What have you done? What's your adventures been? And it just kind of led to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. But if you start off by contacting somebody going, my God, you are freaking beautiful. It, it there's nowhere of, to go with that. There's nowhere to go with that. So when he, <laughs> when, yeah, thank you. The end. But when, when my husband started off by bashing Coldplay, I was like, okay, you got a better band? You got a better band? Yeah, actually, I love Bob Marley. Oh, really? Cool. Okay. And then that led into something Wait, else. What? There's not mutually exclusive. Hold up. Is this a real conversation you had with your husband? Yes. <laughs> it's not mutually exclusive. You could like both Coldplay and Bob Marley. He just bashed Coldplay. And, and to me, like right off the bat, he was canceled. I mean, look, it's a very, uh, you know, it's a very unique way that he contacted you because it was his way in. And I love that. I think that, yeah. you know. He used, actually, a, lot you know, of, he used a lot of humor. He used a lot of humor. And most importantly, he did it it made me feel cornered and I think that opened up the floor to conversation to go north south east and west and I think when we're when we're approaching dating especially right now there's no one direction you know we shouldn't all be going north the, the way the conversation should be going is like north south east west just, just don't go south because that's because a sour conversation right but just follow each other's lead as long as you're being respectful as long as you're not doing anything to make the other person feel uncomfortable and you're not prying too much the conversation could go anywhere you could talk about anything let's take an audio question hi my name is sheena and i'm 32 i've been told i'm not a good listener in the past and i'm trying to improve any tips that's a big question when we think about not being a good listener not being a good listener about what you know, is it just in casual conversation? Is it when someone is trying to tell you, you know what, this is how my day's going and you make it about yourself? Is it when someone is disclosing to you how they're feeling and you're not being receptive of it? Like it, it could go anywhere. I think it might be that last one. Anytime I hear someone say that's a complaint, because there's two, there's two types of bad listeners. Okay. It's, it's what you just said mm-hmm. that you're not listening to the emotional revelation that the person right. is sharing with you to right. amend your behavior. Right. And the other second part of listening is literally not listening. Someone is talking to you and instead of actively listening, you are processing what you're going to say next. Yes. You know who does that? Interviewers, podcast hosts, news journalists. They're already processing their next question. If you are in an emotional relationship with somebody or you're trying to get to know somebody, how Mm -hmm. do you get to know them if you're not listening to them? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, so what would make someone a good listener? So what would make someone a good listener is waiting for your turn to talk. Like, let's bring this back to elementary days where you had to raise your hand. You couldn't interject because that was a sign of rudeness. That was uncouth. That was showing that you were not being an active listener. And, and again, I get when people are dating, you're so eager to impress. You're so eager to impress. Impressing somebody is not just what you're saying. It's how you're listening to that person. So if they're mm-hmm. telling you something and you're like, wow, so that happened to you, that's also impressive. It's not just what you say, it's how you react to what somebody is telling you. So if you're constantly on this, ooh, 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 let me get ready to impress them, let me get ready to say something that's going to blow their mind, then you're missing out on all the chances to demonstrate, I'm here, I'm present, I'm engaging you. Communication's a two-way street. If you're only going one way, you're not ready to date. I mean, sometimes I think if you need a tip on how to listen better is, and this is especially true for people that are extroverted. I'm extroverted. I struggle with this sometimes. 
is to, as you're listening, repeat back what you've heard. And I don't mean like, oh, you just said this, I'm going to repeat it back. Just take a word and just ask another open-ended question based on what they're yeah. saying. And the thing is when, when, when you're showing somebody that you're listening to them, more than anything, they want to know that their feelings are being acknowledged. So going back to what you just said about one word, show that person, I acknowledged, I acknowledge and I received. And maybe that's when that mirroring technique comes back. I hear what you're saying. Okay, so wow, that must have been really hard for you that you went through that. And, and let that person know that you honestly care about what they just said. And that might take a moment for you to put down the mic, you know, put the mic down, let somebody else have the floor. Because that, again, shows the person that you're actually invested in them, not just by like you having all the time to talk. Let me give this person one more tip. I want that person to think back on those particular people who might have said that to you, who said you're not a good listener. And I want you to think back, if you can, to things that they were sharing with you. Think back and ask yourself, what was I doing in that moment? Reflect on that moment. Try to go back in time and reflect. Was I, was I on my phone? Was I, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Like go back and reflect so that you could have a visual in your mind of what you've done in the past. So moving forward, you're not gonna repeat that. No, I, I totally agree with you. Being present is mm-hmm. paramount to being a good listener. You know, another thing that can make someone a bad listener, which I think is really important in a conversation is how you react when someone is having a bad day. I think sometimes, especially men, but not only men, when a woman comes home, let's say, or you're dating someone and she's having a bad day, she'll start ranting. She'll just go on this rant. And men, not all men, but usually men have, you know, they're problem solvers, they're natural problem solvers. So they start trying to solve your problems instead of just listening and just acknowledge that, you know, I'm having a bad day. All you have to say is that sucks. And you know, what's funny. I actually hate that line more than anything. What? That sucks. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That's my favorite line. Why do you hate it? It's so dismissive in my opinion. I don't feel that way. And, and I acknowledge that you do. It's not, there's no wrong yeah. way, but, no, no. There, but there has to be that's so, so much. Of com- that's me. No, no, no. But see, I love that you're saying this because so much of communication is also telling people, here's yeah. what my expectations are. Yeah. So maybe it's not that sucks for you. Maybe it's something different. Just say, I hear you. I hear you. Me, I'm it's listening. Like deep, it's such a childish response. Oh, that sucks. Oh, I don't mean like, oh, that sucks, like that. No, but there's there's tone too. I've heard it so many times. I've seen it even on Facebook where people are like, this happened to me and somebody falls over, that sucks. And I'm like, that sucks. But see, you're saying in a different, you're saying in a very different tone than how I would want to receive it. If someone said it like that, I'd be very upset. Okay, but hear me out for a second. And I've even experienced where I've told people I had a hard day, this happened, like that sucks. Like, don't do that. Don't even tell me that. Be like, I want, why does that suck? Tell me why that sucks. I know why it sucks, but why do you think it sucks? Versus like, if you're, if you're just like, you know what? Wow, that happened. Oh, that, that must've been really hard for you. Give me some acknowledgement that you, that you right. understand somebody saying, I'm sorry not to hear that. Now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, something about that sucks. is kind of like, okay, I got it. Moving on versus like, talk to me about this. I'm sharing this with you because I want someone to hear me. I want to feel that my emotions are being validated and that you understand. And when you just chalk it up to that sucks, it's like, ugh, I don't like, I don't like it. I, I get what you're saying. 
I also, I'm not saying that sucks in the tone that you're saying it, but I, I, I acknowledge and, and, and I agree. Like if I come home and I'm venting to my husband, I, you know, I think he'll say usually, oh, you know, that he'll say sometimes that sucks. Cause I've told him to say that sometimes, like, just, I don't want you to solve it. Just say that sucks or just say, you know, oh, what can, what do you want to do about that? Or, oh, I hear you. Oh, that must've been tough for you. Like, you know, there are cues. And also when my husband says that sucks, he just goes, oh, that sucks. Are you okay? Like, you know, and that I, kind and you're of right. tone. There are several different tones to I su- that sucks. I, I, I understand. Like, I'm not saying, you know, be Bart Simpson. That sucks. You know? Yeah. Oh God, no, that's the worst <laughs> version. I get it. There's, there's different ways of saying that sucks, but to me, that sucks just seems so juvenile. We got to stop talking about that sucks. Cause we're going to end up naming this episode. That sucks. <laughs> I have one more audio question. Hi Maria. My name's Chelsea and I'm a 29 year old female. I've been single for about six years now while I've navigated my twenties. I've worked on myself a lot and I'm proud of the person that I've become and I'm ready to meet my person, but I'm struggling. I feel like I have a lot to offer a relationship and I want my partner to have just as much to offer. I find myself on a pattern of going on dates and dating a lot of different guys who don't ask me a ton of questions about myself. When I go on dates, I have plenty of great and fun conversations. I ask a lot of questions to get to know them and their values, but I also don't feel like I'm peppering them to the point that they don't have the opportunity to do the same. I'm trying to figure out if I'm the problem, if I'm attracting the wrong guys, or if most guys just don't ask a lot of questions. I find myself rarely sharing much about myself because they don't ask me much about myself and feel like they don't really know me um, and don't make an effort to dig very deep. I'll often get to the point where I write them off because it doesn't feel like an emotional connection because they don't actually know me but think they do. This seems to be a recurring theme. Is this an emotional intelligence issue of my generation? Is it a gap in conversation and connection skills that's common in a lot of men? Is it possible that I'm the problem? I, I guess what I'm asking is, is there a way to prime and coach guys to make more of an effort to ask better questions, both in the early stages of dating and in relationships? Because I've seen this in my relationships as well in the past. Or should I just run for the hills because these are the wrong guys? (laughs) There's a lot of assumptions in this question. So I don't think you need to prime a man. I feel very weirded out by this. I, I do believe you can give people the benefit of the doubt. There are just some people who are poor at conversation or they can struggle to conversate with a complete stranger. You know, it does take a few dates to, to get to know someone. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of pressure is so being much. put on a first date by this person who's asking the question. I have so many questions for this person. Like how many dates have you gone on with this person before you started talking values and going back to what you said in the beginning, right. Where's the location? If we're in a bar, we're in the background. It's, it's, it's so tell me about your values. Do you want to yeah. have kids? <laughs> like there's so much, like, I think the first date should be so super casual and light. Chill. Keep it light. Keep it fun. Wine bar, cocktail bar, bowling alley. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Just Definitely chill. At least have a chill vibe. Yeah, but here's the other thing too. This person seems, from what I'm hearing, she is very clear. She has a blueprint. She has a strategy. She probably has questions locked, loaded, and ready to go at that interview. Meanwhile, this person's coming. Do you want to chill? Now, when I got to know my husband in the beginning, we were communicating a lot by email. So we we had the opportunity to ask really deep questions and process our answers. We read the question and we're able to give each other really honest questions versus like if we were walking in a mall and he talked about his past, you know, dating experience and all these kind of things, it just wasn't the time nor the place. And I think that's the other thing too. It's that 
when we come to a location like a restaurant, there's just some conversations that are not meant to be had in a restaurant. That's right. But if you're walking casually in a park with your Starbucks or whatever it may be, you can ask certain questions, but I think there has to be like certain levels. And so I just understand the rush for some conversations. So that's the thing. That's the thing. I think. I, I don't know if this is accurate, but I'm just going to pretend this is an insinuation that I want to get married and have kids and I don't want to waste my time dating someone who doesn't want that. So when do I find this out? And the truth is that, you know, if you want to go fishing, you still got to go buy the bait. You still got to put the bait on the, you know, on the fishing pole and you got to, you know, fish <laughs> and you can't just skip to go to the supermarket and say you fished. Right. right. And so exactly. this person, you just, you're just going to have to date men and organically get to the point where you finally say, what are you looking for? What is this? Yeah. And I'm not saying you need to go on more than five dates. You should know certain values by the fifth date. Right off the bat, right off the bat, you should have a sense of the vibe of this person. And if this is someone that you want to continue to get to know, but I'm listening to this person and, and, and no, this, this is just my interpretation of that, that voice message there. It sounds very one-sided. <laughs> So she's coming in with, these are the expectations. This is the type of response I want from you. I, I want you to ask me these type of questions. And she doesn't know how this person is coming into this. And, and most importantly, it's not just for her to decide, is this person worthwhile? This person's also deciding if you're worthwhile. So you're both coming in the middle and that's the art of getting to know one another. You don't come in with your agenda. I'm giving you two dates to demonstrate that you're worthy. You come in with those expectations, well, then don't be surprised what happens in the end. Yeah. And I came in with my husband not knowing what the hell. Like, honestly, I let go of all the expectations I was carrying before. And I said, let's just see what happens. And it ends up being the person I marry. All right. Let's go to our last audio question. My name is Thomas and I'm 38 years old. If you're dating someone that you don't communicate well with, is there a way to fix that? Yes, there is. But I think you need time to fix that. I think when if you're dating somebody and it's casual, you know what? It's not your job to fix somebody if you don't have any intentions of this becoming long-term. But if you see something in this person that's worth building on, then by all means, you know what? Like start fixing some things, but you can't fix everything in the beginning. Like I think where my husband and I are at right now with our ability to communicate took six years to get to the point that we're at. I brought in a lot of bad habits from what I saw my parents do. And I brought that into our relationship. That when Tell me more it. about that. So when, when my parents would get into an argument, they did this whole silent treatment, right? They would explode and then silent treatment and not talk. And For so, how long? Oh God, it, it, it varied. It could be like a day or two. It could be whatever. It, it's just like, I don't see you. You don't exist. And be very, very passive aggressive. And that's what I saw. So when I got into my, and my husband, like now we're living with each other. This is the first, per, second person who I was living with on a very serious term. My response was, we explode, silent treatment. And then I realized this is not effective. Like we can't just ignore one another. So as I was building my ability, I, I realized first and foremost what my problems were in communicating. So I couldn't expect him to change if I wasn't willing to change my bad habits. His bad habits were to explode and to just forget about it. And forgetting about it wasn't an option for me. So I had to work on myself first and then get my myself to a point where I could say, listen, how we're communicating is not effective for the following reasons. And really walk away for a second, but come back 
And that was the hard part was coming back, right? We walk away, we ignore each other for God. No, sometimes we ignore each other for a week. That wasn't healthy. That was mm. not healthy for our relationship. And it took a lot for me to realize this is not healthy. And if we're going to continue down this path, we are going to crash and burn. So I had to check my ego. I had to check what I was doing wrong, fix that first. And then first to tell him, I'm struggling to communicate with you because these are some things within myself that I know I need to fix. I mean, Jam, so many people, not just you, I would say argue almost, let's say 95% of people's bad dating habits stem from their parents. Yeah. Because nobody teaches us how to be married. Nobody teaches us how to be a good girlfriend or a good boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the prototype from your parents. Yeah. And if, if they were unable to show you a healthy way of solving problems, yeah. you are going to continue that in your next, in your relationships. That's just textbook. My husband and I, we actually have a safe word. <laughs> we have a safe phrase. And it's funny. It comes from a weird um, porn, actually. <laughs> There is this famous, whatever, I don't know if he's famous, some porn star from Cyprus. And there is this clip on YouTube from like this intro to this porno where um, he's like telling this woman, like, listen, I know you like me and we're definitely going to have sex. And then he goes, he says it's in Greek. And then all of a sudden he says in English, simple as this. And it's just like so funny. Like it's, it's like a joke in the Greek community, I suppose. So when my husband and I, we are getting in a heated argument and we just need to like cool off, mm-hmm. which, I mean, we don't argue a lot that much anymore, but um, like, like you, like we, you, you learn after a while, like how to communicate more effectively to get what you need in a relationship. But when we are in a heated moment, one of us says simple as this, it means stop what you're doing. Stop screaming, stop right. talking take a breather and come back in 15 minutes and we'll talk about this like adults but it's also like a funny phrase because you know where it came from so kind of like you know yeah it lights the mood immediately to add on to what i was saying to this to this gentleman who asked that question i think there there's a line that can be crossed so if you're in a relationship and your significant other or whoever you're with is belittling you they're saying things and that's making you feel just like helpless or scared or embarrassing anything like that i don't think that's something that's worth fixing i think you need to walk away from that and then reevaluate if that's something you you are willing to try again so i think right. if it's i think if the person's shy if they're biting their tongue if they're not comfortable being open because they've been burned in the past and they're learning how to trust again be patient with them walk that path of communicating effectively with them. But if somebody is yelling at you and talking over you, and this could go for men as well, because there's some women who try this as well. It's not just vice versa. But like, if, if somebody is really making you feel uneasy, unworthy, and just questioning yourself, you don't fix that. You let that go. I mean, especially, I can recall even in past relationships or even with my clients, not my clients, but like women who come to, for coaching, when they talk about how it was a bad day or things could get better, or, you know, if I just lost a little bit of weight, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't talk about my weight anymore. Or if I, if I clean the apartment a little bit better, he wouldn't talk about me being a, you know, a little slobby. Like if you have to defend yourself to yourself, mm-hmm. you're in a trash relationship, mm-hmm. get out. Yeah. And I think it's also establishing boundaries. So even when my husband and I were dating, I made it extremely clear to him. I go, if you ever say or do anything to make me feel unsafe, I will F you up. And I made that very clear to him. And then I called my dad one day 
and I had my dad on speakerphone. I go, I'm just letting you know. I let him know if he does anything to make me feel unsafe, I will f him up. I will, I will destroy him. And he and I established that I will not tolerate disrespect. Mm. We could yell, but the minute you call, and one time I remember he called me a bitch. Oh, let me tell you how my earrings came out. I go, you will never speak to me that way again because I grew up seeing that. I saw mm. that. And I knew what I was not going to tolerate in my relationship. And I go, I will pack my things right now if I have to. You will never call me that ever again. And he never did. So yeah. it's how you react to if somebody is, is communicating with you in a way that is harming you, how do you react? And I get that some people are stunted and they're scared and maybe you need a little while to process it. But if you let it go, that to me sets a tone for how this person could talk to you in the future. How do you feel about people who, when you try to explain to them that things are bothering you and they get defensive, therefore not resolving the issue? That's a whole other podcast right there. Um, It is. It's to me, this is emotional abuse. That's emotional abuse. Yeah. That's emotional abuse. Like if someone, if you are trying to express and you're being gaslit. Yeah. That's abuse. Yeah. I I feel exactly. That's essentially the, the introduction gaslighting like if someone is getting that defensive about how you're they are making you feel you need to reevaluate if you should be in this relationship yep or or here's another one i see my husband do he he'll say you always do this and i go how many times is always and he's stumped every time i go how many is is it four is it six how many times (laughs) He he can't back it up he can't back it up right so even like doing those types of things when he goes you always and he makes me feel like i'm the problem i go well please give me examples give mm-hmm. me an example of when when i've done this give me an example when else i've said this and if you cannot then you are really making this a bigger thing than it really is mm-hmm. and so it's asking those right questions but again this goes for anybody if you are with somebody who is belittling you and you are seeing those early signs don't try to fix this don't it's not worth the, the stress. It's not worth it. It's kind of right. like getting something. You, you, you go to the, the, I don't know, the furniture I mean, you'll store. never be happy. That's it. Right? That's the end of but it. You'll never thing. be it's happy. Like going to the furniture store and you see that a chair is missing a whole leg. And it's, it's, like, it's like balance. It's like it's off center. And you're like, can I get a discount on this? I'll take, I'll, yeah, I'll take it for 50%. I'll take this broken chair and go home and fix it. Stop it. Just go buy yourself a proper chair. <laughs> don't try to buy this discounted broken chair and think you're going to fix it. Stop it. Just stop. You'll it. just Let be it. exhausted by trying to find your balance. Yes. Literally and figuratively. Let's end this episode on a light date note. Jam, how do I tell someone after a date that I'm not interested in seeing them again without feeling bad? Why would you feel bad? But okay. So I personally have a template text message that I like to use, but you send it between the first and second date. You don't do this in person. However, if you are in person, you really feel like you can't see them again. You know, you could just be adults, pay for half the bill. I'm probably the worst person to ask about this. One, I think you go through the date, you laugh, you drink. Like at some point during the conversation, you realize this person's not the one. You just switch the conversation. You you just make it fluff, right? You talk about something you're watching on Netflix. You talk about that one crazy night in college when you got super drunk and whatever like that. Like you just switch the conversation. It no longer t- goes, it's no longer potential partner. It's just now let's just have a, a casual date, right? That's how I treat right. it. But I do recall this one person who I went on a date with, with and I will, he, he was Greek. Maria, he was Greek. I thought we were going to hit it off. I'm not the ambassador of Greece. I know. I I just feel the need to tell you this. (laughs) Really nice guy. I didn't like how he held his fork. 
And it bothered ah, you know what? That is perfectly acceptable to me. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but the way I dealt with it, I didn't have a template. I I didn't know how to let this person down. And I think I I think what I did was I just changed the tone of our conversations. So instead of asking questions that showed that I was trying to get to know him more, it just turned into like, oh, oh hey, how's it going? Things have been good? Awesome. And I think he could just tell by this. You started gray rocking. Is that what it's called? Okay. Well, that's yeah. what I did. Uh, I'll read you my template so you can know it uh, if anyone ever asks you this. So you don't do it in, on the first date if you don't want to feel bad. Do it between the first and second date when you text them. You're going to text them this. I had a good time and it was nice meeting you, period. Unfortunately, I don't feel long-term chemistry, period. Genuinely wishing you luck on your search, exclamation point. Thank you for being an absolute gentleman on our date, period. Let me tell you, this has been used over 3,000 times, this template. It doesn't look so bad when you see it on text. I know you're reacting to me saying it out loud and saying it No, I'm not. I'm reacting to the words. It sounds so job (laughs) interview-ish. But you know what? It's part of the gray rocking. Like I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to start a conversation with you. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Okay. If I was to try that, I would have been like, Hey, I'll use, I'll use somebody who I dated in the past. Cause it'd be really, it'd be really easy for me. I'm like, Hey Kevin, it was great meeting you on our date last week. I really enjoyed the conversation that we had for me. I think I would love to just keep this as a friendship basis and something. I don't even know. I don't know. I, I, your formal thing has me in a tizzy right now. I feel hot. Like what I'm, you're doing is making me upset. Why do you want to be friends with someone? You like? Why are they friends with you? Okay, they you're, wanted you're to true. go out with you. It didn't work. You. That's it. The end. True. Okay. Fine. You're right then. I'm not gonna be right. I'm just I think I just, a way I to do think it. I just ghost you. I think I just stopped talking to you. I'm a ghoster. <laughs> the public speaking coach, everyone. She's a ghoster. <laughs> I am a ghoster. I'm not interested. And and you know what? I I showed him behavior. I there's a delay in my text responses. Right. I used to respond within ten minutes. Now your, your, your business is important to me, but I'm going to respond in three and a half hours. (laughs) Jam, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Jam Gamble. If you want me to go through your Tinder with you, you know, I could swipe for you. We could have fun with that. Um, and you could also find me on my website at I am Jam Gamble, um, jams and everything because I'm that sweet. I love that. And if you're ready to kick fear to the curb and step into the spotlight or define your value in your own voice or speak up and show up in all aspects of your work and life, you should absolutely join Jam's next Slay the Mic course. The link to enroll will be available in the episode notes. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us on Ask a Matchmaker. Thank you for letting me have this conversation with you. I I would have loved to talk to you six years ago when I was dating. Um, I love that. I'm going to apply some of these tips to my, my husband. You're going to tell him about the simple as this yes. porn intro. I It'll am. be good. We're going to come up with our own <laughs> Bulgarian word or something. Like that. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. If you love what you heard, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Seriously, rate, review, subscribe. You know the drill. If you have a dating or relationship question, please email askamatchmakerpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram at matchmakermaria for more dating and relationship tips. Until then, see you next week. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.